This is Creating Cadence, a podcast for life and work in motion. I'm your host, Mish Bondizio, a writer, consultant, and business performance coach. I help people working in creative and digitally focused industries to develop more mindful approaches to work. This is so they can stress less, activate more of their potential, and work in a way that brings them more joy, because better selves are proven to be better for business. I'm recording this podcast series at home during the pandemic, and today's episode is about liminality and its impact on our productivity and creativity. As the time warp of 2020 continues, we find ourselves in a liminal space. A liminal space is an in-between space. It can be a physical place, a situation, or an experience where you don't know or can't see what's coming, but where multiple things or outcomes might be possible. It can be scary and overwhelming, but it can also be exceptionally transformative in a positive way. I wrote about liminality in my recent monthly online guide. Understanding what liminality means and finding ways to continue functioning effectively in this in-between moment in time is incredibly relevant for where we're at right now. That's why I wanted to make a podcast episode about it too, looking at how we can continue producing meaningful work and working with focus when so much is up in the air and so much is distracting us. So why is our current time a liminal space? Philosophically, the space we're currently in is a transitional place that sits between our known past and a still unknown future, between a way of life that we knew and a new way to be that we're still trying to figure out. To help us traverse this liminal space, we'll need to leverage our curiosity about the unknown, unleash our imaginations about what's possible, and hone our abilities to focus deep on solving new challenges. However, there are some obstacles we're facing along the way. One of those is that we have to deal with the stress and anxiety that arises from our immensely changeable situation. This anxiety is occurring at a deep, global, civilizational level, and it will have a lasting impact on our psyche. This isn't just about a rogue, rampant virus. Governments are losing their grip, and leaders seem to be losing their minds. Economies are precarious. Aggression, discrimination, and xenophobia abound. The world is on fire. The sea is clogged with plastic, and our food sources are at risk. Our life support ecosystem is under severe threat. Many of us have had enough of this state of affairs, and in our own ways, we're trying to do our best to do our bit to make things better but it can be overwhelming and it can make us anxious and fearful. Some experts say that the world is no more volatile now than it has been at any other time of documented history. That may be so, but 24-7 digital access to what's going on in every part of the world means that we see and feel all the hurt, pain and worries of others more deeply, along with all our own too. I'm sorry if this sounds gloomy. We are in a bit of a pickle, to be honest, but that doesn't mean that we can't work, create and innovate to help us improve things. We can build our resilience whilst forging a path through this uncharted territory. Nothing has to stay the way it is now, 
even if we don't yet know what a better way is going to be. We need to be curious about finding those solutions that we can't yet anticipate, and we need to be open to developing systems for which the ground rules haven't yet been invented. A mantra I use to bolster my resolve in difficult situations is as follows. I didn't come this far to only come this far. There's work to do, but we can do it. My question is, how do we do it when we're also experiencing stress and anxiety as byproducts of our situation? Anxiety eats into our concentration because it flips our brain into survival mode. It puts strain on our cognitive load, our ability to think clearly and solve deep problems. It also shuts down our creativity, an essential skill we will need to help us find our way through. As with everything, the method I recommend is starting with one step and then continuing with small steps. These are things we can initiate in various parts of our lives which will help us to traverse this liminal space one step at a time. There's three areas that we can focus on to start. First, we can support our foundations. That means maintaining good practices in relation to rest and recovery, nutrition, movement and breathing. All those self-care things that can fall by the wayside when we're too stressed. Those foundational practices are the things that help us manage our stress and have the energy to take action despite the stress. Second, we need to create a sense of psychological safety. Practices such as gratitude journaling and meditation can help to create a more centered, calm mindset where we feel less threatened. Setting boundaries at work and home are a good idea too. If it's the news that's stressing you out, limit your access to it. If your friend or colleague continually scoffs at COVID and that upsets you, Stop talking to them. Be ruthless in setting boundaries. Your mental survival may depend on it. Then what are the ways that you can invite more supportive people, thoughts and actions into your life instead? Things that will help you feel safer in yourself so that you can take on those bigger challenges. Once we feel more psychologically safe, that mutes our brain's survival mode response, which opens up opportunities for the third area that we can focus on, to help us navigate this liminal space. That third area is leveraging our curiosity and intuition to support our rational decision-making and creative problem-solving. In a TED Connect interview that Liz Gilbert gave during the pandemic, she talks about intuition as being in opposition to fear and how being curious about the unknown instead of fearful of it can help us to find solutions and make progress. Intuition and curiosity become far more accessible through self-awareness and the practice of mindfulness. Quoting Liz from that TED Connect interview, she had this to say about fear and overwhelm. Fear is the terror you feel about a frightening, imagined future. Intuition can only happen when you're in the moment. There's a navigational system within you that will, if you stay present in the actual moment, tell you what to do from one moment to the next. The link to that TED interview is in the show notes and I highly recommend it you give it your time. So next I want to look at a couple of practical ways that we can activate our curiosity and intuition and support our focus and creative thinking. 
we know that creative hobbies can be a gateway to unleashing new ideas, nourishing our well-being, and creating moments of mindfulness. If we want to emulate these results in our work situations, research indicates that the single most important thing that can boost emotions, perceptions, and motivations at work is being able to make progress in meaningful work. This research was highlighted in an HBR article by Teresa Amabile. The link is in the show notes. So some questions. Is your work meaningful to you? If not, what can you change about it to make it more meaningful? And how can you continue to make progress in your meaningful work? I'll answer that last question by saying it starts with good daily habits that support your productivity and focus. This gives us stronger foundations from which to face a future unknown. Reserving time for deep thought and work that matters also helps to create the space we need to let our creativity and intuition flow. So how can you get into the habit of making time? Something that I'm using on repeat with my coaching clients at the moment is a quote by James Clear. He says, We often assume that productivity means getting more things done each day. Wrong. Productivity is getting important things done consistently. That's a man after my own heart. So here are some methods that I employ and also recommend to clients to build those good creativity habits and help you stay focused on your goals over the long term, even when we don't know what the long term will bring. Setting a timer for periods of focused work is highly effective at helping you get shit done. I also use time blocking in my calendar to log different types of work I need to do. Granted, this only works if you actually have control over your calendar, but it's one of my go-to techniques for doing more focused work. You do need to be disciplined in building a daily intentional productivity practice, but it doesn't take long for that to become second nature to work in this way. There's a link in the show notes to a Wired article on ways to concentrate better, which covers these tactics in more detail. We also tend to work more effectively on a project when we know there's a deadline. It's easy for projects to flounder if it feels like there's no end in sight. So I can appreciate that it might feel tricky to plan ahead when the pandemic is one gigantic open-ended situation with no deadline on the horizon. But how can you manage what you do have control over? One way to work around this is to work according to cycles. That might be defining your goals and outcomes in seasonal quarters. Or you could allocate two, four or six week sprints to work on specific projects. And for those of us affected by hormonal cycles and moon phases, what types of work are best done during specific times of the week or month, based on your energy levels? Check out the Doist article in the show notes, which shares some great ways that you can adapt the concept of cycles to your situation. So there are many ways that we can create progress and momentum through this time. And I encourage you to be open to whatever this in-between space presents to you. Even in the most dire circumstances, hope can prevail. There is always another way through. There's always another approach to our work and life that might work better than the one we currently have. Even if we don't know what it looks like yet, the point is to be open to making changes. Navigating this liminal space is an opportunity to review and improve. Despite the uncertainty, consider what you do know about your situation. Those things you're doing personally and professionally, 
Are they going to support you in the future? Are they meaningful practices? Which of them do you have control over? And how can you make small changes in the way that you live and work that will support your ability to be more curious, intuitive and creative? Have patience and try to be present with what is in the in-between. Work on creating space for your creativity and intuition, as these are things that will help us get through. Thanks for listening. If you're liking the show, please do leave a review. And if you have any questions, you can drop me a line at hello at growthsessions.co. You can access more episodes of the Creating Cadence podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google Play and Spreaker. Or you can catch them on my website, growthsessions.co. If you subscribe on the site, you'll get notified when new episodes drop, as well as receive access to my monthly online guide. Until next time, do take care out there. Bye for now.